0: Com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends where you find out. Well, there's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, The Longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail dot com. My name is Gerald Goodrich. I'm your host this week, like I am every week, and I'm joined by the internet's number one fan of Darren Ravel, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you?
1: <laughs> you know it's. You'd be amazed who you find in the Menchie's of our uh, our podcast Twitter. You know, uh, crawling through there today was uh, one-time early two thousands internet personality Darren Ravel, uh, who is now replaced by a bot uh, pretending to be Darren Ravel. That's just uh, sports business and outrage at equal <laughs> measures tweeted in bot form. Um, no, I. Uh, whew, uh, we could get into to that why uh, he's an idiot and why people who um are aghast at, at young people being uh compensated for their skills are, are idiots but um you know we don't have to
0: darren Ravel reports on nfts and he has the audacity to call what horns with heart doing a sham not only you're reporting on nfts why darren why who cares somebody cares and they're getting their mentions, but whatever it's it's less the nfts and more like darren just doesn't do a job that anybody should actually care about and that's neither here nor there i think he's just mad that people are being compensated for stuff and finding ways to not do much work for it because that's his gig but we're not really here to talk about overpaid win bags who i think got fired from espn we're here to talk (laughs) about some Texas basketball who are going to be on ESPN on Thursday. Taking on number 23, Seton Hall, number seven, men's basketball. The Big 12 Big East showdown on Thursday in Newark, New Jersey. Seton Hall currently seven and one with a couple of close wins against their two good opponents. Edged out Michigan by two and a three-point loss to Ohio State who currently sits at number 21. Both of those are going to be teams that you'll see come springtime. It's hard to just say March anymore because it's like March and April at this point, but they're a team that all three, or really all four of these teams, are teams that should see uh, multiple rounds of the NCAA tournament come tournament time.
1: Yeah, all tournament teams are all in Ken Palm's top, uh, top 30, uh, if you will. Again, beating Michigan, who at the time was ranked number four. They've they fallen out of the rankings. They're still number 10 in Ken Palm, so I choose trust that more. Um, that Michigan State team's 19. Seton Hall currently sits at 33, Texas at 15 right now. So, yes, by... Logic and convention they should all be you know at least to the second uh or third round of the tournament. We'll see what happens come the end of the season but yeah this is this is an interesting team, a team with um some some depth, some experience they also have a little bit of transfer portal um success uh but ultimately they are a team that has a lot of size a lot of uh big men a lot of size even in their guards um it will be interesting it will certainly be. Besides Gonzaga, uh, who had one guy with a lot of size who just dominated Texas. I don't know that they have an offensive uh, interior weapon the same, but they have a lot of um, size on this team, uh, including a seven foot two center who just blocks shots. He's averaging three blocks a game. I think he was number nine last year in, in blocks per game, and a Florida State kid, Ike uh, Obiaju, They just have, I think their starting lineup usually rolls out 6'5, 6'6, 6'6, 6'8, 7'2. A lot of bigs, Um, and then they bring a six ten stretch for uh, can play at the five, um, who has some NBA scouts looking named Tyrese Samuel. So they have bigs, they got size. Um, It'll be interesting. They haven't played uh, anyone outside of those two games that that we mentioned. They've played some D2 teams, some really bad teams. Um, again, Texas has, has no room to speak about who they've played, but uh, you know, outside of those two. So you really have to look at those two games. And again, they played them tight. And I anticipate that this will be a Texas Seton Hall game that we'll have. We can talk about some of the specifics and some of the caveats and things in it, but will ultimately probably be a pretty close game.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned the the bigs and that, like the last time Texas played a team with a really good big. Uh, Drew Timmy absolutely dominated them. Now that being said, I don't think these guys are on Drew Timmy's level, um, both age-wise, well, not, not age-wise, but um, physically for sure, Drew Timmy is easily, I would say, probably one of the best bigs in the country, and so it's hard to like compare apples to apples, but we've seen Texas struggle with a team that's going to be physical down low, and I think that's something that we have to keep an eye on, is is can they play that no, in, no, no middle defense that uh, Chris Beard likes to play against a team who's got as talented of, a, of an interior presence as they do, because that's going to be the question throughout conference play, because we've said it before, we've said it again, the Big 12 is sneakily the best, if not one of the best, if not the best basketball conferences in the country, and so that's the the question I have for this, and I think this is going to be another good indicator of just what the conference slate's going to look like for them, because that's a that's a... A deficiency people can attack it is Texas trying to play that no middle but unable to deal with the physical presence down low.
1: That's right, and both are, are ranked really well. 48th in adjusted offense, 17th for Texas, so not quite as good as Texas, but again, they've played two Good teams to Texas is one 30th and adjusted defense to Texas is 23rd. So these are both teams that like to play defense. And again, with size length across multiple positions, you'll see both of these teams try to do some, some similar things with, with getting some steals, creating turnovers, just playing kind of hair on fire um, defense. I think you'll see Kadari Richardson, who's this, the point guard, um, primary ball handler not a huge score but you know will facilitate the offense and will play a ton of defense in the 2-3 zone last year for Syracuse um, he was 13th in the nation in steal rate um, so just whenever he was out there got his hands on balls a really really good defender so to be curious to watch Marcus Carr versus him really specifically and then kind of their do everything guy is Jared Roden who was the number two guy last year they had a guy um, get drafted by the Bucks who's gone now so Roden kind of slipped in is the, the the do everything guy, kind of like a Timmy Allen, like a, a um, similar, I guess, like a, a, a tallish three who doesn't shoot a ton from outside, but he is still averaging uh, almost 17 and a half points a game and seven plus rebounds. So, really good stats uh, from him. Um, but, again, he's not going to kill you from deep. He just is a guy who's a volume uh, player that will run a lot of the offense for him. And then there are two most dangerous guys to watch besides those two. Again, we talked about the 7-foot guy, but he's really more of a defensive presence. Um, they bring off the bench, and Tyree Samuel is the stretch four I mentioned, and he's also basically these two guys averaging – Uh, double digits off the bench kind of tell you texas likes to roll a lot of guys they can go six seven eight deep they're probably seven deep legitimately seton hall with pretty equal talent so it'll be curious how seton hall views the matchup if if tyrese samuel again they're they're six foot ten stretch four who is drawing some nba interest for sure um if he plays a little bit more and then jameer harris is almost i don't want to use this term Jamal Crawford, Mono Ginobili, but that sixth man who comes in and ignites the offense. Um, Andrew Jones has done it in his career. He's a super, super senior as well. Harris, um, who transferred in from American university where he averaged 20 last year, but still has, has carried that over so far this year. Um, And he's a guy who can shoot from deep. Uh, So he's someone to watch when uh, they aren't necessarily gunning. He's the guy they're going to try to kick the ball out to. Um, There's a couple other guys, but he's the main uh, threat from deep for a team that isn't elite at, at, at shooting from behind the arc.
0: I mean, you you mentioned their their three-point shooting. They're, what, 128th in the country in in three-point percentage, I think 33% as a team. And then they have a tendency to um, get into foul trouble, which is great because that allows Texas to slow the game down. And I think that's going to be something that we want to keep an eye on as well is, like, who can dictate the tempo of the game, right? Uh, Does Texas slow the ball down? Or is Seton Hall going to be able to push it a little bit more? That's something uh, that we have to keep an eye on. And I think them getting into foul trouble plays into Texas's hands, wanting to slow the game down, wanting to wanting to keep the pace from getting too frenetic, right? Because um, that's what Chris Beard and and. This is the thing that, like, when, when we had Johnny Brashear on, this is the thing that he talked about, is, like, Texas is going to win a bunch of games that it might be extremely boring basketball to watch. And so that's something, like, if this game is a boring game, then I think that favors Texas pretty significantly. I think if the game gets a little more fast-paced, I think that's where uh, Seton Hall has the advantage. So that's the thing that I'm really going to have my eye on, is who sets the pace on, uh, on Thursday.
1: Absolutely. And, and Seton Hall 69th, they have a nice pace that they set, Um, you know, not the fastest team, but by comparison, they will look like, you know, they are, they are running laps around Texas currently 330th. Um, Now, Texas has seen some success against these lesser teams when they kind of let them hang around for a little while. And typically it's been in second halves where they've said, all right, we're done. And they'll kind of run a little bit more. They'll open it up a little more to fill a little more fluid. So it'll be curious against, again, since Gonzaga, their first really opponent who, who, you know, can give them problems, can, can go, you know, hang with them for the duration of, of two halves. Um, if they truly, and, and, you know, Br- Brashear will tell you that when we hired Chris Beard, that that's what you were getting. That is his M.O. They 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 aren't going to prioritize running. You know, quick. They do the motion offense, let it run out, take their possessions. They 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 just don't run much. But maybe maybe we'll see something slightly different here. Or again, um, it could be a, a, a boring. Uh, and, and again, did it, it, you prioritize? getting fast breaks getting dunks and having you know a, a great team that finishes uh with with 19 wins or do you want slow and boring and 30 wins you know i might take the latter um but anyways the the interesting thing here is is because there's not a lot of young prodigy talents like of memphis with their you know two five stars or you know kentucky and duke teams where you get nba scouts but there is a ton of experienced talent um all the guys that texas brought in were basically you know a handful of the best players in the country who weren't at risk of going pro, right? So guys who are trying to prove something to go pro next year, and then you see a similar thing with Seton Hall. So it's been reported. It also helps that Seton Hall is basically New York City's college basketball team. Um, that 25 NBA scouts from 17 teams have been confirmed uh, Per a uh, Seton Hall beat writer to be uh, to be at the game to, uh, when you're listening to this t- today. Um, but so it will be very very interesting. And then the other storyline to watch here. Gerald there's a famous coach from Seton Hall who kind of put him on the map in the in the 80s PJ Carlissimo basketball fans no peach Um, he in 12 seasons won 212 games uh, and then went to the NBA in 94 Uh, Kevin Willard the current coach has been there 12 seasons and sits on 211 wins so I'm sure he's looking for the big national televised game uh, when when you know Texas is their top 25 matchup to tie pj for the second all-time wins in seton hall history so there's some some things on the line for texas to prove for seton hall to prove um and uh, again texas just needs to, to to win all of these big 12 versus other conference challenges um to really use that time to shore up for the the actual big 12 because the rest of the schedule in between these games you know yeah, it's not as exciting
0: and we'll be back next week to break this matchup down uh, on our National Signing Day preview show as well. It'll be a fun Tuesday for you. But now is the second time this week where we whip around campus a little bit and we down the 40. Again, it's going to be a long night for us. Now, uh, number one men's swimming and diving Absolutely smashing some records at the Minnesota Invitational. Freshman Luke Hobson breaks Michael Phelps' 17 to 18 national age group record of 412.33 from 2004 with his time of 412.12. Imagine being 21 seconds faster than Michael Phelps, um, but then broke it again at the same That's year. Right. <laughs> That's 4972. Right. Imagine being three seconds faster than Michael Phelps. Incredible performance from him.
1: Yeah, that's nuts. the uh, The fact that he, he broke the record and then in the same meet uh, on his second swim broke that record just shows the guy was locked in. Um, as a freshman, he won the uh, the Big Twelve Newcomer of the Week for his performance. Pretty uh, pretty impressive stuff. And then the other thing in, on the men's side was you had some NCAA best times, best in the in the nation this year from Castro casper corbeau the the dutch swimmer who competed in the olympics uh both in the 100 and 200 uh breaststroke and then the 400 uh freestyle relay team of drew kibler corbeau daniel Kruger, and cameron i've always said this i'm sure everyone says it achi achi but uh you know we we, achi nachi i believe um they they set the ncaa standard for the season so far daniel Kruger set an NCAA record in the 100 free. And then, again, Cameron Anjanachi posted the fastest 50 free. So, if you're counting at home, that's like six uh, NCAA best times all at this meet. Um, so, the entire – and number two Cal was also at this meet, by the way. The entire uh, swimming world was put on blast in a uh, a very convincing win for the number one Longhorns.
0: It's like Texas swimming is the best program in – the country Hobson, for his trouble, earned the newcomer of the week. And ochinachi uh, was named the Big 12 swimmer of the week. The ladies are also doing big things. Number two in the country won their meet swimmingly and convincingly. <laughs> uh, Anna Eldon was named the Big 12 swimmer of the week. Uh, Channing, Channing Honley, the newcomer. And this is actually the last team event for the year for both teams. So they'll be back in the pool in 2020. 20- seven though texas swimming and diving coaches past and present were named to the college swimming and diving coaches association 100 greatest college swimming and diving coaches of the past 100 years that was a lot of hundreds but kyle (laughs) name them off
1: uh well uh Three current coaches on the team were named on that, which again shows why they win a lot. Eddie Reese, obviously the GOAT. Uh, Carol Capitani, the head coach of the women's swim team. And Matt Scoggin, the diving coach. Uh, Also in addition was uh, Chris Kubik, who was uh, I think Eddie's assistant coach for 34 seasons, which is uh, a pretty good one-two punch there. Uh, Richard Quick, who kind of instituted the women's success uh, that led the women's swim team to five straight NCAA titles in the 80s. Uh, Mark Schubert, who uh, was there in the 80s, I believe, 89 to 92 um, eh, on the men's side. So and then uh, finally, my favorite name of the bunch. Kill Sterkle That's right, Kill Ooh. Sterkle uh, Who swam at Texas And then uh, became the, the head coach uh, She led the women To eight straight Big 12 titles And a five time coach Of the year Also all of those coaches that I, I listed Were Olympic uh, coaches So uh, really cool to see a lot of Longhorns In that, uh, that Honorary list
0: Congrats to all those that were honored The soccer team ads Penn State transfer uh, midfielder Jilly Shimkin is what we're going with. Started 15 matches as a freshman in 2021, so she comes with a lot of availability left. A five-star recruit and the number seven player in last year's class, which Texas had a couple of players on that list too, didn't they, Kyle?
1: That's correct. That now makes the fourth player from (laughs) last year's class in the top ten that is on this this roster, of course. Uh, you know Lexi Misimo and Trinity Byers, who obviously lit it up. Uh, MJ Cox, uh, all of those were, uh, MJ was number 10, Lexi, number 1, uh, Trinity, number uh, 2. Tatiana Fung was also number 9, and so now they have the number 7. Um, and just for, for good measure, they get to now say they have 3 uh, young women called up to the U-20 national team camp going on right now, uh, because Shimkin uh, joins Misimo and Buyers. The announcement actually came out while they were all at camp together. So the soccer team getting getting good, but also keeping with their theme of youth. So just think about where this team, where a lot of that great class becomes a sophomore next year, and adds some more talent could be next year, year after, and uh, their senior year could be competing for the big the big ones.
0: Are they still young guns? If they're not shooting, I guess they are shooting. If they're if it's uh, soccer, they're just shooting with their feet. So a lot of young guns
1: on the pitch. <laughs> For the Longhorns. Foot Guns, Gerald. All right, now let's uh howitzers, I've heard uh I've heard it No, I think that's also their hands. Anyways, uh let's let's get out of here quickly to Burn Orange Lenses while we still have a coherent podcast. So let's start it with a look around the world of sports through with burn orange lenses through the NFL Longhorns. I was excited. Week started out on a high uh, with little Jordan Humphrey catching two passes for 50 yards and a touchdown. Unfortunately, it was from Taysom Hill, and and that you know didn't come with a trigger Hulk. warning to to Longhorn fans. He also hurtled somebody in that game, so we good. won't talk about that. That 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 was tough. It's been a tough week for Manny Diaz. He didn't need to relive all of that. Uh, <laughs> Adrian Phillips also had a good game: five tackles, two pass breakups on the weirdly potentially like Super Bowl bound Patriots. I hate that Alabama and New England only pretend to not be good for stretches of time and then do it. Um <laughs> Quandre the Giant continues his Pro Bowl season, four tackles, one interception, one pass breakup, just looking like, you know, looking like a 25-year-old out there, looking great. Uh, Michael Dixon in that game, also four punts with a 51-yard average, long a 65-2 inside the 20, just a standard, again, Pro Bowl caliber uh, day. Uh, for the, the Ravens, the other kicking specialist, Justin Tucker, didn't miss. I'm only going to talk about it here if he misses, That's, that's so I won't talk about it much. Two for, two for two, one for one, field goals and extra points. Devin Duvernay, though, two catches for 21 yards, two kick returns for 61 yards. And then the guy I do want to talk about He's having a special season. It's kind of flying under the radar. Linebacker Jordan Hicks for these Arizona Cardinals had 13 tackles, uh, two sacks, two tackles for loss, two quarterback hurries in their uh, win. And it came to my attention that Jordan Hicks is currently the only player in the National Football League this season. With ninety or more tackles and five or more sacks. So another man who just seems to be getting younger uh as he gets into like the double digits of, of years uh here with this with buddy Quandre. Uh Jordan Hicks, my NFL Longhorn of the Week. Twilight
0: of the career for those guys. I
1: love it. So two really cool honors speaking of, of longhorn NFL players, uh <laughs> who who have you know, moved into the twilight of their of their post-careers, UT football alum Kenneth Sims was recently inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame, marks the 21st Longhorn. I won't read them all out, but there's a whole uh, slew of them, which is amazing. Um, Sims, probably especially our, our slightly older listeners, are very familiar with him. He was the number one pick in the 1982 Draft class uh, was an absolute monster in the late seventies, early eighties. On the forty acres from Groesbeck, Texas, a man who could just absolutely terrorize quarterbacks. Did you see
0: like the burnt orange, like crushed velvet blazer that Jay Hartzell was wearing at the uh, induction ceremony? I did. Add to cart,
1: Christmas list, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Come on, Christmas is just a few. <laughs> Weeks away, I want it i need it
1: uh, it's beautiful for uh, for more of our uh, sartorial takes uh let's uh let's tune into Gerald and I's fashion podcast uh 40 stitches on the 40 acres <laughs> <laughs> Keep it going. the uh Keep it yeah in. i flapped myself the uh the other longhorn uh football alum to get a really cool award another co uh one of those 21 longhorns in the college football hall of fame and a uh, father of two recent uh texas longhorn uh legends johnny johnson received the Bronco Nagurski Legends Award this week. The award has been given out since 2007. He's the first Longhorn to receive it. Basically, they just identify, you know, those just utterly elite. I don't know what order or what criteria. It's the, Pro, the College Football Writers Association are voting on it. Um, so, But he's basically the 13th. Uh, i guess 14th player to uh to receive that so uh or former player i should say to receive that so very very cool i don't need to read all of his things but multiple time all-american first round draft pick father of colin and kirko grinds a guy who played uh incredibly both as a cornerback intercepting passes and as a returner i think he had over a thousand uh punt return yards in his time on the 40 acres uh had a good uh nfl career and then again got both his sons to come to Texas, which that's really the the full uh, and perfect lifespan of a Longhorn legend. Uh, you, you you do it, you have offspring, send them to Texas, and let them contribute and keep the cycle
0: going. Aaron Ross, you're on the clock.
1: <laughs> Let's not forget the other half of that equation, and Aaron Ross, a, a, an absolute uh, athletic. A uh, freak, but is is married to maybe his is equal or even even his better in Sonia Richards Ross, who is just a a an elite athlete of our times. But uh, that that offspring again got to commit to Texas. Moving to uh, the other football. Julia Grasso had a had a week. She was voted the uh, U.S. Uh, coaches uh, All-American. She's the third team, her second time winning that, and also the twelfth uh, UT soccer player to receive All-American selection. And then in the same week, just went ahead and signed for. Juventus so Juventus you know this year if you're not following the, the football world had to replace Cristiano Ronaldo who went to Manchester United um different uh, sport in, on the women's side but clearly from a from a superstar standpoint they needed to fill you know for their Instagram followers their Twitter followers uh someone with the name recognition that Cristiano Ronaldo left so obviously where do you turn other than our girl Julia
0: Grasso I'm proposing that from now on Rather than referring to him as Caden Stearns, we refer to him <laughs> as international soccer star Julia Grasso's boyfriend.
1: I love it. Okay, done. I love it. It's like it's, it it, it, it's like say Julie Ertz's uh, husband. So yes, uh, let's uh, let's keep it going. Looking at some award season, we'll run through these quickly. Starting at the top with the our Freshman of the Year, this podcast's favorite Freshman of the Year, also getting some national recognition. Xavier Worthy named the Sean Alexander Freshman of the Year Award semifinalist, Uh, the first Longhorn to be a semifinalist since they started this just in 2018, Um, also named to the pro football Focus Freshman All-American team.
0: I mean, well-deserved. Well, it's absolutely deserved. He was um, not just an incredible player, but he was an incredible leader. He kind of led with his... uh, his willingness to go in and do what it takes to get it done. So that's a well-deserved award for for X.
1: Absolutely. Uh, so I'll run through the rest of these quickly. All Big 12 first team came out, but we didn't talk about it on here. So just wanted to make it known. Bijan Robinson, Xavier Worthy, uh, Derek Kirstetter, and Cameron Dicker. Congrats to Cameron Dicker at punter. All first team and then honorable mention, uh, Cade Brewer, Luke Brockemeyer, Andre Coburn, Anthony Cook, Cameron Dicker, who also won the Special Teams Player of the Year, or, uh, excuse me, was Honorable Mentioned Special Teams Player of the Year, B.J. Foster, Byron Murphy, who was a Defensive Freshman of the Year uh, finalist, Ov Okufo, who was a Defensive Newcomer of the Year finalist, uh, Moro Jomo, Demarvian Overshone, Bijan Robinson, who was an Offensive Player of the Year finalist, Keelan Robinson, who was an Offensive Newcomer of the Year finalist, and then, Wrapping it up, the Big 12 Offensive Freshman of the Year, just to finish where we started Xavier Worthy and Gerald. I was looking at the list of Big 12 Offensive Freshman of the Year, and I'm not saying that this is, you know, instant Longhorn Legend status for Xavier Worthy, but is there anyone in this list that we're looking at that is not a Pantheon consideration in our Rushmore discussion we did last year uh, that has won this award? If
0: Major Applewhite is the low watermark on that list, (laughs) then you're doing all right for yourself.
1: That's right. Colt McCoy, Jamal (laughs) Charles, Vince Young, Cedric Benson, Roy Williams, Major Applewhite are the other Big 12 Offensive Freshman of the Year all-time at Texas. Moving on to the number one. Uh, team actually number two number one in our hearts team in the nation volleyball Uh, some awards there Logan Eggleston named the Big 12 player of the year for the second consecutive year uh, named the AVCA National Player of the Week this week Uh, to go with that uh, Jared Elliott was named the Big 12 Coach of the Year for the ninth time in his career and six were named to the all Big 12 teams Eggleston, Briani, Butler, Skyler Fields and Asia O'Neill were all unanimous Jenna Gabriel also on the first team and Molly Phillips on the second team in my opinion Molly Phillips got snubbed
0: i mean it's hard to be mad about four unanimous players on the list and jenna gabriel getting her name on there as well on the first team we have to we have to share the wealth allegedly with <laughs> but you don't really it's fine you know what you know what though molly will be okay with is a uh, a trophy raising at the end of the season
1: i love it i like where your head's at um speaking of man who's got his head on his shoulders ryan krauser was Honored appropriately, a man who this podcast has spent a lot of uh, a lot of minutes praising, and should probably spend more. I don't know if UT Nation appreciates him on the level of our Kevin Durant's, our you know, just our our, our best athletes out there actively just. Dominating their sport, but Ryan Krauser is so far above everyone else in his particular sport. He was awarded the 2021 U.S. Track and Field Jesse Owens Award, which is the top U.S. male track athlete. And again, let that simmer in that that is track and field. That is every spin- sprinter, every jumper, every uh, relay, every hurdler, every event that he is the top U.S. male track athlete. And uh, if you don't remember, if you didn't follow the Olympics closely, uh, he just Crush from the, the lead-up all the way to it. During the Olympic trials, he shattered a 31-year-old men's outdoor shot put world record with a 23.37 meter toss a few weeks later you know just threw it 23.3 uh breaking the olympic record and earning his second straight gold medal that uh, that one was also by the way the second longest ever trailing only his mark a couple weeks earlier so basically just just stretching the sport uh and and the literal uh measurements of a shot put arena uh by what that man can do
0: It's a shame that Texas is so dominant in the Olympic sports because I feel like guys like Krauser don't get the the shine that they deserve. Like, he is absolutely one of the most successful, most decorated Texas athletes of all time. And because he throws the shot, but we don't talk about it
1: often. Yeah, he, (laughs) he, he, he... Just for for measure, also in consideration beyond the Olympics, he followed by winning the Diamond League title in Zurich a month after the Olympics, making it 14 straight final wins he's currently on. Uh, So good luck to anyone else trying to beat him. Uh, And he currently, out of the top 10 throws in all-time shot put, world history since men have picked up things and said look how far i can throw this thing i can throw it over those mountains right there since people have been doing that he has five of the top 10 longest throws of large metal objects uh all time so just an an absolute monster and a Longhorn legend without a doubt gerald let's wrap it up with godzilla tron what have you been watching on your giant screen
0: Get you out of here early. So I've been looking for something that's like comfort watching. So I'm re-watching Doctor Who, the um, British sci-fi show. And it's um, – I forgot how much I enjoyed – like the first season of it, like the special effects aren't great, but Christopher Eccleston is doing this like PTSD, like survivor's guilt thing with the character that's like unlike the other ones that they've done since, and it's just really good. And it's sad we only got one season of him just because it was good, good TV to watch. Uh, and then my wife and I are we're, we're marathoning New Girl. New Girl is getting being taken off of Netflix oh. in January, and so we're like we gotta we gotta push through another rewatch. So. Still just incredible, hilarious, one of the better network sitcoms that we've seen um, and yeah it's 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 a it's a good time
1: new girl was was one that uh, on your recommendation and others watched during the quarantine i've only seen it the one time through, but did love it uh the beginning of the quarantine gerald i'm curious have you like how many aren't there like thirty to forty seasons of Doctor Who is that correct so if you count the
0: old like the old ones from the 70s, then yes, but there are uh, – it's been going since like 2008, so it's like
1: uh, okay. not quite. Yeah, So it's a bit more manageable because whenever I hear someone say they're watching Doctor Who, I'm like, wow, you're watching decades' worth of TV. But that makes a little bit more sense. Okay.
0: Yeah, you don't, you don't have to go back and watch the um, – like, the stuff from the 70s and 80s just start in, like, 05. It's, like, 13 seasons, I think, which is a lot still. Still a lot, yeah. But it's – it's and it moves pretty quickly. Don't go back to, like, the old black and white stuff.
1: Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, definitely something that I've thought about and never had the temerity to, to try. Maybe one day I'll start it. But I have started a couple things, uh, one new and one old. Uh, I like the balance here. Um I started only murders in the building, which uh, is a show on Hulu. is a uh, Steve Martin piece, and you know if it's a Steve Martin piece, it's also a Martin Short uh, joint. And so uh, the two of them, along with Selena Gomez, are basically it's 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 like super like cute and quirky and kind of like I'm only I think four or five at four episodes in, and a little like kind of dorky in a good way. Uh it's quirky and charming. But anyways, it's uh three people in a building with some uh fanaticism for true crime podcast, and then an event happens in their New York building where they can kind of live take everything in and 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 make a podcast about it. Um so it's it's interesting. I've heard good things about, you know, where it goes uh to at the end of the season. Um, actually good uh, good friend of the show shout outs to David Kwan hope you listened all the way to the end uh is the one who recommended this to me a while back I believe his sister-in-law is the showrunner for this show and so he was telling me when it was in production and I'm just now finally getting to it and uh we are we are liking it so far my wife and I and then that's the the something new the something old nothing borrowed nothing blue uh the something old was already passed that. Already passed that. <laughs> was American gangster Gerald which uh, you know Gerald knows this. Not everyone may know this. My wife's favorite movie of all time is is Goodfellas. She loves, okay. uh, loves Sopranos, loves Mafia, like loves it all. Somehow she she missed the the kind of African American mafia uh, piece uh, that is American gangster. She loves Denzel. She loves the mafia. She likes an action movie. Uh, I don't think she realized how much she loves Russell Crowe till she watched this. But uh, we watched American Gangster, and I very much enjoyed it she loved it I think like she put it in her like favorite movies of all timeless I'll, I'll need another rewatch in, in a few months to see if it uh, you know was that initial uh, high or if that feeling will stay but she absolutely loved it and it was a fun watch um, I think it was on Netflix uh, but just a, just a classic all the cameos uh, from, from rappers TIs and their common uh, just a great a great cast top to bottom and uh, again just like a fun like a little like I, I, I also like kind of the uh, based on a true story drug dealer rags to riches American stories, you know, similar to the wire where the guy kind of consults and says, no, this is what actually happened. Uh, And they can sensationalize it, but they, they also have some crazy true stuff to throw in there. So Frank Lucas, the story there. And, And truly, if you've never seen American gangster, you should watch it. Cause it's Denzel. I mean, you have to watch everything the man's ever done. I think that's a rule. I have enjoyed everything
0: I've ever watched Denzel Washington in. I'm not
1: saying that every
0: movie Denzel Washington has ever done has been good, but I'm saying I enjoyed watching him. Do it. And that's all we've got for you this week. Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the internet?
1: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter. You can also follow the Texas pregamer at Texas pre And what you will see from neither of those accounts, and all of you should adopt as a maxim for your life also, don't tweet at recruits. Do not tweet at
0: recruits. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at G H GHGoodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Facebook and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic. Now shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. We'll be back on Tuesday to preview National Signing Day, and then we'll be back on Thursday doing the reaction. It could be a wet and wild couple of days to close it out, and we'll have everything for you as it happens, both on Twitter and on your podcast feeds. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week, and until next time, hook'em.
1: Hook'em, St. John's is New York's college basketball team.